0: you're immovable year after year Christmas season after Christmas season you remain solid true, right, clean pure and true And Lord, we just thank you for all you're doing this morning. And as we gather around you and your word, I'm asking God, let your word be poured out in our hearts, Lord. Let it divide between soul and spirit and joint and marrow. Lord, let it judge the thoughts and intentions of our heart and let it set us free. We love you. We're so honored, Jesus, to be in your house with your people today. Speak to us. We are listening, we pray in your precious name. Amen. Amen. You guys thankful for the worship team. Wasn't that beautiful this morning? Thank you guys. Cameron, thank you buddy. So grateful. So grateful. Well, hey, I just want to reiterate again next Sunday afternoon, three and five. So looking forward to being together as a church family. This will be my shortest sermon of the year, Promise, uh, will have a lot of little kids and families around here, but it's always a powerful time. And one of the things that happens every year, literally for 24 years since we have done Christmas Eve services, people, friends, and family come, and they come to know Jesus on Christmas Eve. And so please bring family and friends. We will give an opportunity for them to respond to God's goodness and His grace. Well, for most of us, the Christmas season starts about December, and uh, we got an early Christmas present as a Cybert family. Uh, our son, Caleb, got engaged. So this is the last of our uh, peeps getting married, and uh, they'll be getting married later on this the spring. Uh, he is getting married to Sierra Sabido. There may be some Sabidos in the room, actually, because she is from Waco. And they never met in Waco, didn't know each other. They met in Washington, D.C. and led a life group or house church together. And now they are uh, together with another group of friends in Miami, Florida, Plantland Church. And so it is time to get married. Let's get this deal done. We're excited. There's, they, did it, they did it in Boston. It was so cold they dropped the ring, but they found it, everything's good. Uh, And then Laura and I got a chance to be hiding in the bushes with some other friends and got a pick with them. We are so grateful and we are thankful to celebrate together the goodness of God. Well, uh, at Christmas as well, as we did at Thanksgiving, we like to give you practical helps as a church family because everybody wants to have a great Christmas in Jesus and with family and be fruitful in their lives and all that. So at Thanksgiving, we gave you 10 powerful ways to have, a practical, to have a powerful Thanksgiving, but no, there's 20 for Christmas. Uh, it's a little longer holiday, 20 ideas for a joy-filled, everybody say joy-filled, joy-filled uh, Christmas, you can put the QR code and get it. There, right there, we're gonna put it back up in just a moment, but I wanna highlight a couple of my favorites of the top 20. First one, start each of the holidays alone with God. Start each day alone with God. And many of you guys may have seen this Alone With God book that we did, just all the ways to spend time with Jesus, encounter his presence, those we have on sale out there. But I wanna give a Christmas gift, early Christmas gift. All right, somebody in the middle section, Destiny's gonna help me out. Destiny Gonzalez is back with us from Washington DC for the day. We need to put her to work. All right. That's a long way up there, girl. All right. If you, uh, who wants it up there? Dessie, you're going to, have to pick somebody. Uh, it's, it's her discernment and the Holy Spirit and Merry Christmas. And if you really want one and can't afford it, just go by and say, Jimmy said I could have one. Hey, give us the Bito. Give it to the subidos right there. To, oh, oh, wait, to your left, right there. The Cibito family. My, my, We're all in the family now, man. We were already in God's family. Now we're in family forever. Love you guys. Be blessed. Well, last December, um, maybe I was like you, and I was feeling just life is a little out of control. I need to center back up on Jesus during the holidays, and sometimes that's difficult to do because there's a lot going on in the holidays, and so uh, I did what we should always do, and I said, Jesus, how do I center back up in the holidays? And I felt like he spoke a scripture to my heart. He said, Proverbs 3, 1 through 10. And I went immediately and read Proverbs 3, 1 through 10. And I thought, there it is again. Jesus is the smartest guy in the world once again. And in those 10 scriptures, there were admonitions and then promises, literally five different ones in 10 verses. There's a scripture of admonition and there's a promise and a blessing if you respond to God's word. So I took that in December. It was so helpful that I said, man, I need to carry that over into 2023. And at least every week and many times every day, I have read this scripture, meditated on it, and, um, and I wanted to share that with you guys today. And for those who are saying, hey, it's Christmas, um, this is really going to help anchor you in at Christmas. But I promise Christmas Eve, there'll be angels and shepherds and uh, no live animals, but we'll have uh, all the Christmas story around that. But again, my goal today is to help you get anchored in. Uh, in the midst of the chaos, and for those that this time is a painful time, may you find the grace of God. And for those that it's a joy-filled time, may it be multiplied by the grace of God. So we have a Bible, we're Proverbs 3, starting in verse 1. My son or daughter, do not forget my teaching, but let your heart keep my commandments. For length of days and years of life, and peace they will add to you. Do not let kindness and truth leave you, bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart, so you will find favor and good repute in the sight of God and man. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him, and he will make your path straight. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and turn away from evil. It will be healing to your body and refreshment to your bones. Honor the Lord from your wealth. And from the first of all your produce, so that your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will overflow with new wine. Wow. So we have an admonition from God and a promise from God to anchor us in to the grace of God. So I want to break each one down. The first one. My son, do not forget my teachings, but let your heart keep my commandments for length of days and years of life and peace it will add to you. So basically we've got that little admonition, but that one is keep the commandments of the love of God and days and years of peace will be yours. Who wants peace in the room? All right, come on. Well, let's go. So, we need to attend to the teachings of the Lord. And in Proverbs, what that is uh, is what is often called the law of God or the Ten Commandments. But Jesus said this in Mark 12, 30 and 31, quoting the Old Testament. He said, All the commandments are wrapped up in this thought love God with all your heart soul, mind, and strength. And the second commandment is this, love your neighbor as yourself. In these, all the commandments are wrapped up. So how do I know if I'm attending the teachings of Jesus, if I'm loving God, it, we're, it's by loving him with our affections, our heart, our mind, our soul, loving our neighbor ourself. But that does come from a clear construct of the 10 Commandments. And what I find as the years go on, people don't even know what the Ten Commandments are anymore. And if you uh, are not that aware, you might have heard this. Well, the Ten Commandments went away with the New Testament, so it's not that big of a deal anymore. Jesus said this. He said, I didn't come to abolish the commandments. I came to give you the power to do them. Isn't that beautiful? So I've taken the Ten Commandments this last year and used that as a prayer list To call in the grace of God. Anybody want to pray with me this prayer list? Put them up. Put the Ten Commandments up. So here we go. You shall have no other gods before me. This is the exclusivity of Jesus. And I always say, Jesus, you're the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but through you. I exalt you. I honor you. God Almighty. Jesus, Savior of the world. Holy Spirit sent to seal me. Woo! No other gods. You alone are God. So I anchor in number one. Number two, you shall not make idols or have any idols. So when we think about idols, most of y'all don't have figurines that you're worshiping before in your house. If you do, you need to get rid of that. But most of us, the idol might be coming through the TV. Okay, all right. The idol might just be in the center of your home still and it could be your favorite football team. And here's how you know if it's an idol. If you are deeply upset and it messes your whole week up, if your team loses probably that thing needs to take a little lower stance in your life, right? Enjoy sports. I enjoy sports. I just don't want to idolize them and, and uh, rotate my whole life around them, right? I love food, of course. I just don't want to make it so central that it takes my affections, um, it go on and so on and so forth. You can talk about materialism and things and all this stuff. It says under the word and prayer, all things should be enjoyed as long as they're under the rule and reign of Jesus. So enjoy the things that God provides with a big smile on your face. As long as they're not partnering with darkness or partnering with darkness, they're gone and done. And if they're things that you can enjoy rightly, just keep them in their right place. You got it? All right. So we got number two, number three. You shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain. Now, of course, this, this definitely would, uh, part of the list would be don't cuss. <laughs> don't say, uh, don't use the Lord's name in vain literally. But here's, what I, here's how I do it when I pray through it. I said, Lord, I don't want to take lightly your name when it is mentioned. I don't want to flippantly say, praise the Lord. Or when I hear the name of Jesus, I want to stop. I was in a, at a funeral yesterday for a dear friend, and, and I just had an incredible experience with the Lord because they were talking about Jesus. And, and rather than just say, okay, well, I'm just glad I'm here to comfort a friend, I just said, you know, I want to lock in here. And every time they talk about Jesus and every time they talk about eternity, Lord, I'm here. I'm listening. That's that's one of those deals of not taking the Lord in vain. It, like even this morning, you know, you may be tired. I understand, and you're like, yeah, well, I've heard that or whatever. You want to kind of lean in and not take this opportunity in vain. It's a beautiful time to talk about Jesus. Whoo! All right, number four. Take, uh, take the, keep the Sabbath holy. Remember the Sabbath and keep it holy. Of course, that's a heart of, of uh, submission to God consistently, but that's taking some space and time. My encouragement over the holidays, take a Sabbath, take a space where the phone literally gets put away in a drawer for a day. That's, that would be my application this uh, holiday. Put the phone away for a day. Let everybody know that, that, that you're doing that and just enjoy God. Enjoy the people that you love. Take a Sabbath. Ne- next one, I pray, honor your father and mother, which is the, it goes on to say, both in the Old Testament and New Testament, honor your father and mother that, so that it may be well with you and you may live long on the earth. Many of you guys heard me tell the story of my own family's dysfunction and struggles. But regardless of the dysfunction and the struggles, there's something that I can find to honor. And I did and do honor my mother and my father. And I also try to honor mothers and fathers in the Lord. like, I don't know if Margie Atwood's here today, but she's a mother in the Lord to us. And so we try to honor her during this season in a very specific way of gratitude. And when you do that, honor comes your way. All right. Let's keep going as long as we're on a roll here. Uh you shall not murder. Let's not do that. Right? Okay. None of y'all need to be doing that this holiday. But uh Jesus takes it up and it says, Don't be angry. Ooh, all right. Just got everybody. You thought I'm out, now I'm in. Okay. Jesus said. You shall not murder but if you have anger in your heart that is like murder. So let's let's flush the anger out. Lord, remove anger and let righteousness come out of my mouth. All right, do not commit adultery. That's not just the act of but it's the ad- adulterous heart. God let my heart not drift toward inappropriate things outside of your rule and reign. You shall not steal. You shall not lie. You shall not covet. And as I pray through those things, I get filled up with the grace of God. And and they're not the law for me. They're not whether I'm saved or unsaved. I'm saved by the grace of God, but they're whether I'm going to flourish in the grace of God or not. And the promise in this uh, scripture says if I attend to those teachings and if I pray those things through and I anchor myself in, it says length of days and years and peace it will add to me. Because I'm not living outside of the rule and reign of God's leadership. Anything outside of God's leadership, it will be pleasurable for a moment, but it will be just chaos for the long haul. And if you're in chaos, just center back up on the rule and reign of God and see if the peace of God may not come in and be established again. My encouragement is over the holidays, find a space and a place to be alone with God, even if it's a few minutes. Know the the habits and the tricks and trades of your house. An example for me would be, um, we're gonna have a lot of people in and out of our house over the holidays. And if I get up and walk into the kitchen, uh, there will be people there. And then once people are there, then I want to be with them and I'll hang with them. And then I'll end up spending a lot of time with them. And then there's no time with Jesus. And then later on, however, they experience me pleasantly in the morning may not be as good in the afternoon because I am absent of Jesus. So everybody needs me to spend time with Jesus. So I think everyone needs you to spend time with Jesus too, so that we can submit to him and his great love. And then we have fuel and grace. So for me, I'm going from the room down to my little, I got this little prayer room downstairs directly. Do not pass go, do not wave to anybody. Just keep going. I'm going, I'm going. You want me to spend time with Jesus? I promise. Whatever that question is, you want me to spend time with Jesus. And then once I do that, I'm ready to serve the family. All right. You got it. All right. Find your own way, but find a way to be alone with him. All right. The next scripture Uh, verses uh, three and four. Do not let kindness and truth leave you. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart so you will find favor and good repute or good standing, good reputation in the sight of God and man. All right. Bind kindness and truth around your heart. So every year, uh, my mother-in-law gives us money to buy a gift or whatever, and some years, you know, as, as a dad, it just rolls into the pot of money to care for everybody or whatever. But uh, last year, as I was meditating on this, meditating on this passage, I got this picture in my mind, bind kindness and truth around your neck. And Laura's big deal is kindness. I mean, she is the thousand or a million acts of kindness lady. She does them all the time. And that's her desire is that I would be more kind. So I thought, okay, Lord, I'm going to, I'm going to do something permanent. And I had not permanent, uh, uh, kind of permanent. Here we go. I had it in my mind. And, um, and so I went to James Avery and I bought this necklace. It's a cross and a little necklace, and um, uh, to bind kindness and truth around my neck. So that literally it would remind me uh, every day, I'd put it on, I've, and I've worn it pretty much every day since then, to remind me to be kind and truth. And, and that word truth is faithful, to be kind and faithful everywhere I go to everybody I run into. And now I've never worn any kind of jewelry in our marriage other than my wedding ring. And I, uh, and I came home, and, and Laura's looking at me weird, and she's like, what is that on your neck? And I said, I went to James Avery and I got a a necklace, you know, and she said, you what? What, I've never, I've never seen that before. What do you, she said, that's like me showing up with a nose ring and just didn't tell you. And I said, Laura, this is not a nose ring. You can take it off and take it on. This is just a, a necklace, a manly necklace in Jesus name. And you want me to be more kind, so I'm gonna wear this every day. So, I think she would say you benefited with a little more kindness in 2023. So, bind it around your neck. Whatever caused you to remember to be kind and to be faithful to those around you, because people are drawn or repelled by your kindness or lack thereof. Uh, Years ago, I have a dear friend. uh, He's now with the Lord, but he traveled a lot for his business, and we were accountability partners, and. Uh, one of his prayers was to be a bold witness uh, as he was uh, on the road and in the work that he did. And uh, he said one of the easiest places maybe to share the gospel or pray for people was flight attendants or who you sit by on the plane or the lady, lady or man behind the ticket counter. And um, and he was telling me this story after a trip. He said, uh, I was standing in line and a lot of flights had got canceled and the guy in front of me is just yelling at the lady behind the counter And um, she's so peaceful. She's just smiling, yes sir, I'm so sorry sir, I wanna try to make that. She's working on her computer, just being kind and, and everything else. And then the guy walks off, and Peter thought, "Oh, she must be a believer. I'm going to just talk to her about Jesus." And he walks up to her, and he's the next person. He said, "I am so sorry. That guy was so rude. That was so terrible. I'm so sorry that that happened." And um, and she and he said, "Are you a follower of Jesus? I mean, the way you handled that was so kind. I was so amazing." And she kind of looked at him. She said, "No, not not really. I don't really have a faith. I'm not sure about all that." And he said, "Well, how did you?" How, how, why were you so kind? And she said, well, if you promise not to tell anyone, sir, I'll tell you why I was able to smile while he was yelling at me. She said, I was booking his new ticket to Los Angeles where he was desiring to go and I was sending his bags to Miami. It was easy to smile and be kind. So I travel a lot and I want to be kind. I don't want my bags in Miami when I'm going to LA. So I am kind to stewardesses, people who work behind the counter, and I have found much favor with a little bit of kindness. (laughs) Maybe on a more serious note, I um, uh, often, uh, where we get our prescriptions are at HEB, and so every month I have this prescription that I have to get, and And I've gotten to know uh, one of the ladies who works behind the counter, and just interacted kindly a couple months, and we got to know each other a little bit. And then uh, I find out that she had uh, come to church here a a while back, and um, just had kind of walked away from the Lord and a few things. But, but um, as we interacted, um, our relationship kind of goes a little farther each time we get to meet, and. um, this uh, last week, I was in H E B and walked in, and, and she said, uh, as I'm getting my prescription, she said, I have a question for you. And I said, sure. And she said, I, you've been married how long? And I said, well, we've been married 36 years, 37 in just a few days. On, on Wednesday, it'll be 37 years for Laura and I. And she said, wow. And she said, and you've been a pastor that long? And I said, yes. And she said, how do you make it? Like, how do you do it? How do you stay married and a pastor and all the struggles? How do you do it? And I and she said, "What's? Give me one tip." And I said, "Forgiveness." I said, "This is that's the that's it. That's the centrality of Jesus. That's the centrality of marriage. That's the centrality of staying in ministry or whatever we do vocationally." Said, so it's, "It's forgiveness." And then I said, "Here's the best definition I've heard of forgiveness from a guy named Neil Anderson." Forgiveness is the willingness to live with the consequences of another person's sin. And she was like, that's exactly what she said. Wow, what? And I said, uh, uh, forgiveness is the willingness to live with the consequences of another person's sin. She's like, whoa, I need to write that down. She gets the paper out. She writes it down. We write it down together. She she wants every word right. She said, I need to do that and man, that sounds really hard. (laughs) Wow, that's amazing. And right there in the little H-E-B deal, I prayed, God, give her power, give her grace to live a, a, a free life, no longer chained to the past of somebody else's sin, but give her the freedom to walk in what you have for her. And I thought about that walking away is that really the door opener for us to get to that place for the, her particular need this week was just being kind, just thanking her. And of course, how many times did I go to the pharmacy and they, well, we don't have the prescriptions. Could be another 45 minutes or whatever. And instead of grumping and complaining, I just thought, well, hey, thank you. And I'll be back or whatever. Um, kindness makes a doorway for grace. And my encouragement is this holiday season, as in all of life, may you bind kindness and truth around your neck. You will have favor with God and man if you choose to do that. Now, here's uh, the third one is probably the most well-known, and it says this, trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will make your paths straight. Okay, here's my favorite. It's in the message, same verses in the message version. And it says this, trust God from the bottom of your heart. Don't try to figure everything out on your own. That's a good word, isn't it? hmm yeah, I like, give me some feedback if you think it's good, all right. Listen for God's voice in everything you do and everywhere you go. He's the one who will keep you on track. Don't assume that you know it all. Run to God. Woo! You should have got some oh me, amens in there, right? So I want to read that slowly. And actually, what I want to encourage you to do, just kind of, if, if closing your eyes helps, that's fine. Just, I want you to just, I'm going to read it slowly, and I want you to just respond to God as I read. I'm going to give a sentence, and whatever you need to bring to God, you bring to God even in this moment, trust God from the bottom of your heart. Just take a moment. Wherever you're not trusting God, you just say, God, I want to trust you with what I can't control. Don't try to figure everything out on your own. There's your list of what needs to come to the Lord. Those incessant thoughts going over and over and over again, trying to figure it out. God, I can't figure this out. Listen for God's voice in everything you do and everywhere you go. I just want to take a moment. God, would you speak wisdom and counsel to us right now for those things that are out of control in our lives? We're just going to wait about 30 seconds and ask the Holy Spirit to give you thoughts, ideas, impressions of what to do with what's out of control. Now, Lord, as we've waited on you, you say you're the one who will keep us on the right track. And, Lord, we don't want to assume that we know it all, but we want to run to you. Amen? Man, the great thing about the Bible is that these promises that I'm taking you through, they are free. (laughs) Every day you can have these as your own. Trust the Lord with all your heart, don't lean on your understanding. For me, this uh, truth became so profound um, and an experience that I had, uh, that I often have talked about in preaching and teaching when I went through a clinical depression from 2009 to the first part of 2011. And it was 18 months of really darkness, things out of control. And you know you can imagine how many well-meaning people that I love and that love Laura and I had ideas of how to get me fixed, right? I think I memorized 250 scriptures during that time. Probably took 53 different supplements. uh, Went to multiple doctors. Uh, There were mental issues going on, there were physical issues going on, uh, literally, so many different things. And nothing was working after 12 months. I didn't feel any better. (laughs) I was doing everything to try to just survive and I wasn't feeling any better. And I was complaining to the Lord one day, crying out to the Lord, God, I don't feel any better. I'm doing everything I know to do. I've cried out to you. Lord, I don't know if I can make it through this day. I don't know if I can make it through the day. Help God. And it seemed to me that God spoke in that still small voice that I'm very familiar with and he said, why, instead of trying to feel better, why don't you try to trust me more? Instead of spending all your energy trying to feel better, what if you spent your energy trusting me more? And though that may sound like a simple sentence it was so profound because my my focus was on how can i fix this i am in pain i need to fix this now and i was doing everything i knew to do but it wasn't working and when things don't work and the timetable that you desire many times you just need to stop what you're doing and open your hands and rest one friend said when i get to that place of desperation i do the fried egg I lay down on one side Like then I flop over and I lay on the other side. It's oh God, oh God, here I am, you know. And what I found happen is that every time I felt pain or. Chaos or whatever. I said, God, I trust you. I'm with you. I love you. I'm trusting you in the darkness. I can't see. I can't feel. But I trust you, and I began to become a, a, a worshipper in the instead of a, um, a a guy trying to find his way out of a box. And you know what? That next month was very difficult. Things didn't get better physically, but I found peace and rest in the darkness. You can find peace and rest. Even in the darkness, Psalm 139 says. My, my, my mic's dying. Great. I'm Jesus. Hello? All right. We good? All right. So trust the Lord with all your heart. You guys got it, right? Don't lean on our understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will make your paths straight. Trust him more in the things that are out of control, and you'll find the grace of God. All right, our next promise, Proverbs 3, 7, and 8. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and turn away from evil, for it will be healing to your body and refreshment to your bones. Anybody need healing in their body and refreshment to their bones? At the end of 2022, um, I still have a little left over the Bell's palsy stuff. I was having neuropathy issues. I have a long-term heart issue and you're saying, golly, I didn't know you were that bad. Uh, <laughs> but I was just in that place where, okay, Lord, you know, uh, I am asking you for healing. And As I'm reading through these promises, I realize, okay, it says here, if I fear the Lord, if I'm not wise in my own eyes and turn away from evil, it'll be healing to my body, from my bones. Again, that doesn't guarantee an immediate outcome, but what it does is if I'll create the environment for the grace of God to flow, then there is the opportunity for healing to come. And what I want to do is, on my end, create the right environment, the right soil, if you will, so that God can come and as, by his grace, and water that soil, or water those seeds of faith, and work out his grace in me. And wisdom during that journey may very well be go to this doctor, or take this medication, or do this, or do that. So I believe 100% in God's wisdom, and he heals many times in that way, but so many times we are beyond that, and we don't know what to do. And what I'm saying here is these scriptures allow you to root yourself in the grace of God and to find strength no matter what the journey holds. And so here's here's what it says. Don't be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and turn away from evil. So here's the scariest verse in the Bible to me, okay, and appropriate fear, and that is this. God resists the proud but gives grace to the humble. I bet you didn't think I was going to use that verse as the scariest verse in the Bible. I know I'm saved by the grace of God. I know I'm loved by the grace of God. I know that Jesus is sufficient for every need of my life. I can trust him with my whole life if I'm not proud but humble. So the question is, Lord, where am I proud? Because I don't need almighty God resisting me. I, need, I want to be on his side with his help. So where am I being wise in my own eyes? Where am I thinking I know it all? Where am I not humble in my heart and my life? doesn't mean I shouldn't be confident in what I do know. I doesn't mean I shouldn't uh, lead with a, a, a grace and confidence in God. But what it does mean, Lord, is there any arrogance in my life? Is there any pride towards you or towards anyone else? I need to remove that barrier because I need the river of grace to flow in my life. And by doing that, I open up the, the viaducts, if you will, that God can flow And move by his grace, right? And these are all just alignment pieces. How do I align my heart? How do I align my body? How do I align my mind? How do I anchor into the grace of God and have strength uh, for all that is before me? Well, this last promise says this uh, honor the Lord from your wealth and from the first of all your produce. So your barns will be filled with plenty, and your vats will overflow with new wine. Okay? So we've talked about my heart for God, fearing God and honoring God, my, my uh, heart for others, kindness and truth. We talked about creating the right soil of my heart. And now he gets into our resources many of you guys know this, uh, this fact, and that is that Jesus spoke more about money possessions than he did heaven, hell, and prayer combined. Isn't that interesting? And why is that? Of all the things that Jesus could talk about, because at the center of our being, we are sheep and sheep want to know how they're going to be fed. The number one thing, (laughs) sheep, when they wake up, where's the food? Where's the food? They've been fed all their life, but then they want to know where the food is. And the shepherd leads them to the right pastures to get what they need. But provision is the greatest anxiety inside of us. Jesus said, where your treasure is, there your heart is. That's why over and over again he said, look, um, with food and shelter, be content And I will provide all your needs. It's my belief, if you're submitted to Jesus, you're honoring God with your life and the right soul, you will have food and shelter and contentment by the grace of God. That doesn't mean everything you want, and when you, if you do find yourself where, golly, I'm doing everything I need to know, and I can't even find food and shelter, hey, we work with people every week. We are here to love you, care for you. Please let us know. Let the body of Christ gather around you. Sometimes we get humbled to that place where it's not working, and God uses others to help us for the, for the provision that we need. But what I do cyclically, and what Laura and I do on this one, is we, we say, all right, Lord, is there anything that we haven't, uh, of, the, of the resources you brought in this year, is there anything we haven't tithed on? And we say, all right, look, tithe goes to the Lord. So we always tithe to local church. We've done that all our lives. Want to make sure that no money came through our house, that the first fruits didn't go to God. And then on top of that, are we being faithful to the missionaries, the people you've given us, the missionaries that you put on our hearts? Are we faithful and caught up on everything we had put before you to give? Lord, is there anything else you're telling us to give, any unique gifts that people need right during this season? And God always does these beautiful things uh, uh, that are just perfect for somebody's need. One One of the small dollar figure ones, but largest testimonies in our family is that we had a, a dear friend, a, a single lady that was adopting a child from China. And our kids, uh, they had their little, uh, uh, the way we would do our kids growing up is for every dollar that came in, 10% went to tithe. They had the little Ziploc baggies in those days. That when people used actual money. They had, <laughs> would, have, would have Venmo pockets, I guess. Uh, so they had, they had a little pocket for uh, tithe, uh, missions, and the poor, so the 30%, and then they could do whatever they wanted with the 70. So we'd come to Christmas, and we'd say, who do we want to help out? And they were, they were really uh, small little kids at that time. So they didn't have a lot numerically, but they said, okay, we want to give all of our money to missions and the poor to something. And we had that friend adopting a child, and the kids came up with $63.54, And so we put it in a little Ziploc bag with a note of encouragement and said, we're praying for you to be able to adopt this child. Of course, you know, adopting a child is thousands of dollars. So Laura and I knew that, but the kids were really excited about it. And our friend uh, called us back and said, you know, you won't believe this, but uh, all of it's come in but $63. And our kids got to be a part of the finish line for somebody adopting a child because they heard God. Yeah. Amen. We can clap. Isn't that beautiful? You never know those promptings of the Holy Spirit financially that at the very least encourage someone that God sees and God knows. And at the very most, it could meet their exact need that they have. Uh, several years ago, um, and it was actually in the other auditorium, um, I uh, I saw this guy in the congregation, and God said, you need to go give him $100, and I knew the guy had done really well in business, and he was well taken care of, at least from my estimations, and, um, but, you know, I don't, if God says to give him $100, you give a $100, I mean, you know, so I kind of go up kind of awkwardly and say, hey, you know, I'm not, I don't know anything, but I felt like God just said to give you $100 and pray over it, and if you don't need it, pass it on to somebody, maybe that's why I'm giving it to you, and. And um, so I start praying for the guy and um, he just starts boohooing because he didn't say anything in response to the money. And um, I prayed for him a while and he said, how did you know? And he said, I haven't told anyone. And I said, well, what what are you talking about? He said, "Um, I'm going bankrupt. I just had to file for bankruptcy. My wife's leaving me. I don't know what to do. I've never been here before in my life. And I said, well, for sure God sees and God knows. And we'll get some people around you. We're gonna pray and we're gonna lean in. People gathered around him. People leaned in. Not only um, were they able to help him get solid on his feet, we were able to restore his marriage. And God changed the guys, you know, uh, interjected in the midst of destruction and caused good by one prompting of the Holy Spirit. So be attentive in this season. Yes, I know you have needs. I have needs. We all have needs. But be attentive. First fruits go to the Lord other resources to whatever you've committed to, and you, then, you, then everything's the Lord's. God, what would you do by your spirit, and how would you use us? One of the little things that uh, Laura does, uh, th- I walked in the kitchen the other day, and she has these Ziploc baggies with uh, fruit, food and snacks and vitamins and different things like that, and I said, what are you doing? She said, well, you know, haven't you noticed all these years, by the way? Uh, <laughs> she said, uh, in December, she makes all these baggies, and every time she comes to the corner where there's somebody asking for money or whatever, she doesn't give money, but she hands them food and some vitamins and different things. And I'm and, uh, sorry for losing your reward publicly, honey. Uh, she's done that privately for years, but that's her offering to the Lord. She doesn't want to walk by people in need and not give something. And so I love that. So there's so many creative things that we all can do. Here's what 2 Corinthians 9, 7, and 8, another promise says. Each one must do just his purpose in his heart, not grudging or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. And God's able to make all grace abound to you, that always having all sufficiency in everything, you may have an abundance, an abundance for every good deed. Isn't that great? I love that. Hey, I want to end with uh, one last story. That hopefully will encourage you, not just in the giving of resources, but just sharing the love of God. As you guys know, uh, I've often given out these little tracks called "Steps to Peace with God." And uh, just this week, uh, I was in different restaurants or out and about town. And if you went into that restaurant bathroom and you saw this on the toilet roll, just you're welcome. That was from me. uh, If you needed it, Uh, and. But the thought came to me this week, you know, this is Waco. You don't need to hand these out anymore. Everybody's heard. Can I just tell you that's from hell? That's literally the devil trying to keep the word of God and the grace of God. Because we know there are so many people that need Jesus in our city. And um, in 2015, at Thanksgiving, our daughter Lauren uh, initiated what she felt was from the Lord. She said, hey, I think we need to go, uh, to Lesbos, Greece, where our, uh, we had five singles working on a team rescuing refugees coming off boats. She said, I think we need to go to Greece and not just have our own Christmas this year. And I was really tired. And I said, I don't think that's the Lord. I mean, I, I had, this is my only window break. And, uh, but of course, you know, what do you say when your teenage daughter says we ought to go sacrifice for Jesus? Okay. All right. I'm in. I'll, I'll go with you. And, um, so we all went as a family, and we had an incredible time there helping people in, in their most severe need. And uh, on Christmas Day, we'd made these uh, little uh, baggies full of goods and toys and kind of things. And we went into the refugee camp, and there's uh, you know a couple thousand people there, all Muslim background. And we just went tent to tent and uh, which would uh, give them something, offer prayer, offer care for them. And we go to this one particular tent. And um, this guy said, uh, well, what are you guys doing? Or why are you doing this? And we basically said, well, because Jesus came to bring peace on earth and we're his people and we've come to bring peace. And without prompting, the guy says, how do I find the way to peace? Thank you, Jesus, right? And we said, well, it's through Jesus. He is the Prince of Peace. He said, well, how do I find the way to Jesus? And there it is, man. This Muslim guy from Syria, and so we we explain the gospel. We lead him to Jesus. It's a beautiful moment. He experiences the peace of God. Very moving. Very touching. Very real conversion experience. And he looks at me in the eye and he says, "Who's going to teach me the ways of Jesus?" Teach me. And we said, "Well, we'll be here for a couple of days, and we'll come to your tent every day, and we'll." We'll, we'll talk about Jesus. And he said, no, I'm, I'm being moved tomorrow to another camp on the mainland. He said, who's gonna teach me the way of Jesus? And I said this, I said, Achman, you, Achmed, you walk around the camp and you say, where are the followers of Jesus who believe in the word of God? Not the Christians, not in name. I wanna know where are the followers of Jesus who believe in the word of God? And I said, and when you find them, because they're there in every camp, you will find them. And when you find them, you tell them that I told Uh, that I told you that they would teach you what you needed to know. The reason I share that story this Christmas is that it made me so aware that we house the message of the Prince of Peace, and we have an opportunity of a lifetime during Christmas to declare the why. Because Jesus has come to forgive you of your sins. He's come to cleanse your heart. He's come to give you everything that you need. And out at the information desk, we have hundreds of these Peace with God booklets. I, I say, hey, let's fill Waco. <laughs> may every bathroom <laughs> and every establishment, may everyone know, oh, I heard you must go to Antioch. Somebody must have given you one of these because people need Jesus. And even those who have prayed a prayer somewhere along the way or far from God, the initiation of grace towards them again may open their heart in a way that nothing else will. So let's stand together. Our prayer teams will come to the front, be available. You are loved if you're watching online or you're in this room and we wanna help you even in this moment. We have prayer teams come every Sunday because we want to pray for you if you have need. If you have mental struggles like I did or physical struggles. Uh, or whatever the case might be, whatever the need is, God wants to pour grace on you today. And you're welcome to just start coming right now. And again, I always encourage people, especially if you're new, it's not only not embarrassing, it's just normal around here. People pray for one another. Uh, If you're up there in the bowl, we have people up there on the deck, but we want to pray for you this morning. We want to ask that the grace of God would come to your heart, your home, whatever you need, we want to ask that he would meet your need. And if you're hearing the sound of my voice and you're watching online or in the house here and you've never given your life to Jesus, uh, today's your day. Today's the day. And I want to take you to him. I want to pray a simple prayer with you. I want to bring you to Jesus right now. So we got one of three things going on here. You're coming for prayer. Or if you don't need prayer right now, you're praying for somebody who's far from God, a prodigal that needs to come home or somebody unsaved that needs to be saved. Maybe you could lean into someone next to you and say, let's pray for my brother, my sister, my friend, my coworker. Or you're praying with me to receive Jesus right now. If you don't know Jesus, I want you to pray this simple prayer as we respond to God's word. If you need Jesus, pray this simple prayer with me. Lord Jesus, just pray it right with me. Lord Jesus, I need you. Forgive me of my sins. I give my life to you. I am yours, Lord. I am yours. Just pray right with me. I am yours. I believe you died on the cross for me. I believe you rose from the dead. I believe you made a way to the Father just for me. So I come, Lord. I am yours. I am yours. I give my heart and my life to you. Right now, I am yours. Now, Lord, for every man, woman, and child calling on your name right now, I proclaim them free from the power of sin and death. You said whoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. I speak salvation over every heart, over everyone calling on your name right now. And I just see in my mind's eye those sitting on the couch, those in your home right now, just grab one another's hands and just affirm your love for Jesus. Just thank him for coming to save you and to heal you and to restore you. Lord, let your power and your rule and reign come and flow right now in this moment as we respond to you in your precious name. And we're going to sing one more song. And um, as we do, just like God seals work in your heart, we're here to pray for you. We're here for you. If you just prayed that simple prayer, please make your way to one of our folks to pray for you right now.